And I sweat the truth. And I owe it all to you. Who's going to put this all on the podcast? I hope you. <laughs> I don't sing for no reason, do I? Well, how was your day, uh, Anthony? How was your fucking day? Hey, listen, I got to fucking do the intro. Don't step on my intro. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do all this right. thing. All right. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Woo! Anthony Monterulo. Uh, joined by my co-host, uh, comrade uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Comrade, what's going on? I'm doing great. I spent all day drinking at the beach. I've been listening to Yacht Rock, Michael McDonald day long. It's been a great day. Uh, I got a I got a sweet sick owning on a teenager. Um, Do she, I need to report she, you? She had a yeah. You can try, but you won't catch me. She made a diss on my astrological sign. She was like, oh, you're a Sagittarius? And I was like, oh, you're a teenager? (laughs) Michael McDonald. I've been at the beach drinking all fucking day. I'm fucking drunk. (laughs) This will be a a real productive podcast, I'm sure. At least the mics are all working. Yeah, Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, also joining us, our other guest, very special guest joining us today uh, from his exile in the MC Suites, uh, Peter Douche. Uh, Peter, thanks for coming on, man. Woo-hoo, hey, guys. Woo-hoo. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're excited to have you on. Uh, so what's going on with you? How's, uh, how's, how's life in the MC Suites treating you? I, you uh, we should tell people up front, you're, you are woke for now, Peter Douche. So your opinions that you're going to express today, uh, are not going to toe the democratic party line, but people shouldn't be fooled uh, because, you know, it's been a struggle, but I'm not woke anymore. I, uh, Oh, you, okay. You, you, yeah. you, you regressed or <laughs> the Brock, Shoot. the Brock checks started yeah. rolling back so, in. I've sent the liaison in my in my place today, and he's he's kind of a Bernie bro. Okay, all right. Well, that's good. You know, we'll <laughs> gives him a chance to unleash. I'm sure he feels a little repressed at times. You know, having the having to deal with uh, with Peter Dow every day. So, right. So yeah. I, I, before you were on, uh, I forget what show it was, but you tried to do like the whole thing in character. Is that right? It was, it was Ron's show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did Ron's show, and that was, you know, I mean, we were just winging it, and uh, it was interesting. Right. I think the the next round will be better, but, uh, you know, I'm already a slow thinker, so trying to me, make me flip my real response in reverse and kind of do it through <laughs> douche real time right. was, kind of, well, was kind of the challenge. You know, it's, it's the difference between, like, good comedy writing versus improv. Like, even when you listen to the impersonations on Jimmy Dore's show, that's all written down ahead of time. You, it's hard to do impression and come up with shit in real time. You know, it, it's so credit to your writing prowess. Uh, well, I well, appreciate yeah. it. But. So speaking of your writing prowess, though, you're writing a book right now. What, so what's what's going on with that? I saw your GoFundMe is like almost completely funded, which is fucking awesome. How's that? Uh, how's that process going with the with the book? And you want to tell people a little bit about it? Maybe we can. Push yeah. You over um, the edge. I appreciate it. Uh, so it hit it hit the funding today or last night. Oh, great, awesome, congratulations! But uh, it's still open for people that want to order books through it. Um, so anyway, for people who don't know it, I'm writing a book, an inconvenient douche, done in the character of <laughs> of Peter Douche, and uh, it's it's focused on the problems in the Democratic Party, but it's obviously written 
as if the Democratic Party is great and everything's wonderful and Hillary's still our president. But um, yeah, it's 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 about 15 chapters, a light read. It's designed for people that don't really necessarily follow politics super closely. So I wanted it so somebody could just give this to one of their Democrat sleepy friends that's not really following things and they could read it and at the end they're they just feel like, you know, fuck this shit. That's my goal. Great. Have nice. a laugh, but then walk away with fuck this shit. <laughs> All right, yeah, awesome. I definitely look forward to reading it. Um so yeah, you we uh we wanted to have you come on and kind of just join us for the cast as our uh, as our third man. Um so I guess we should just get right into it cuz uh people are losing their fucking minds about Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin standing next to each other for for a little bit and and talking to reporters. Um what would you guys did you guys see the pre- like, you know, clips of the press conference and what what were your initial thoughts because I really didn't have much of a reaction when i saw it i was like oh yeah that's that's kind of what i expected but you 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 think that like uh, like vladimir putin had like sodomized trump on air like with the way that people reacted to the fucking press conference so what'd you guys think of uh of what happened i mean it's it's tricky because you know, there's there's some Russia stuff going on, but how sure. much do we want to dedicate our time to on this stuff? All of it. I mean, what what else is there? Yeah, I mean, it's think of all the stories that haven't been reported on because it's twenty four seven Russia Watch. I, I literally I, can't I think of any of their stories because I only started paying attention to politics about sixteen months ago. So, uh, if if there's <laughs> something else out there that I'm supposed to care about, I don't know about it. And if they you want me to care i probably won't because i just watch right. rachel well, maddow so the the good news is that they're going to have to give some attention to kamala, kamala harris so they're going to cut into some of the, this constant that's, Russia that's true that is true yeah i mean i you know to me it was just like uh, the 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 way people casually throw around the word treason to me is, is maybe the biggest like annoyance from this whole thing it's like Treason has yeah. a specific yeah. definition, and like nothing that happened during that press conference even <laughs> approaches the constitutional definition of treason. It, it, and, it's it's like liberals uh, misusing that word, like that's treasonous, is the same as like that that great onion article about the uh, area man, um, passionate defender of what he imagines the constitution to be. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, do you, that's unconstitutional. It's like what was uh you not wearing a shirt in public like what <laughs> what you, what what specifically was treasonous that done like yeah no i i it's just i i, I really don't know um but uh, yeah so you know i some of the responses on cable news were were just beyond hyperbolic and absurd uh, and I just want to play a couple. I, I have one here specifically that I want to play because it was just I, I could not fucking believe that what this was was coming out of this woman's mouth. Like it, it was really I, it was insane. So I just want to play that and then we can talk about it a little. 
A little more from this new Washington Post reporting. The U.S. president spent much of the weekend growling, in the words of one White House official, over his own Justice Department's indictment on Friday of 12 Russian intelligence officials for interfering in the 2016 election. He fretted that the timing of the indictments was intended to injure him politically, the official said. He also made clear that he was more excited to sit down with the Russian president than he had been to visit with NATO allies earlier in the week in Brussels. That's an amazing, amazing sentence. He was more excited to sit down with the Russian president than he had been to visit with NATO allies. Uh, at some point, this has a complexity that's even richer than the one you were involved in with the with the Watergate investigation, in that nobody thought that Richard Nixon was working on behalf of, of an enemy of the United States. How do you even make sense of this? You can't make sense of it. It's very hard to possibly analyze. And you're quite correct. The burglars were um, Americans. They worked for the White House. They worked for the Committee to Re-elect the President. They weren't foreign agents, and yet we were burglarized this time by foreign agents. And it's just as serious to me as the Cuban Missile Crisis in terms of an attack or the 9-11 attack. The president is taking the side of the people who attacked us instead of trying to prevent a future attack. He has done nothing to make sure that the elections four months away are going to be safe. And I would say that his performance today will live in infamy as much as the Pearl Harbor attack or Kristallnacht. <laughs> and it's really a serious issue that we need to deal with. Um, there's, there's no explanation for what could be motivating him, no matter what Russia has on him, if that's the explanation. <laughs> I mean, so... Where do you uh, begin? Where do you fucking I, I, I begin should, I that? should tell people that. That was Jill Weinbank. She, according to the uh, MSNBC crawl, she was a former Watergate prosecutor. I, um, I want to say, real, <laughs> real, really quick here, I want to say... Um, did her voice not sound like a oh, like a like a rating like text fuck. to speech program trying to mimic a, a human being speaking words? That's like a buffalo accent, I think. A buffalo that, accent? That, oh man, that, that's like, depressing. Yeah, like that. That's yeah. That's like a that's like a northern New York. Kind hey, of as long as it's not near Tandon, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I mean, just the, the the fucking hyper. She compared it to Pearl Harbor. And Kristallnacht, like, you know, when the fucking Nazis went around and rounded up the Jews and put them on trains and sent them to death camps, that, that is, that is how that, that a press conference is going to, is going to live in infamy among, uh, alongside those atrocities in world history. The, the, the beginning of what she says though, that, you know, at least in Watergate, the, the burglars were Americans. What the fuck is <laughs> yeah. that? That at least Nixon was on the side of of Americans trying to subvert democracy, and not those foreigners trying to fuck up our democracy. Like what? what how much? How does your fucking brain get that fucking diluted? Clearly, she gets paid to be on TV and say. I mean, bullshit. she's a cop, so you know. But... Oh, she's a cop. I was listening to PBS the other day, and PBS isn't safe anymore either. I mean. They had an expert on, and it was a 10-minute segment, and the expert was just dedicating all of her time to saying, comparing how bad Trump meeting with, with Putin was. Like, it was worse than a Nazi appeasement, she said. Yeah, I saw that. And that, that went totally unquestioned. It was just like, uh-huh, yeah. And tell us more. What, what else is it compared to that's awful? Like, the Nazi appeasement? The Nazi appeasement was 
trying to avoid another world war. I understand that. It wasn't like, hey, let's let Hitler do all the things that he did. It was, hey, this guy's right. a bully and let's like try to avoid that. That was diplomacy. Right. But you know, but so, we don't to, know the but, outcome of Trump meeting with Putin. You know, I mean, right. I mean it's we not have is... good for anybody, but it's still like state leaders meet with their state leaders, whether they're dictators or not. The United States uh, supports 79 percent of the dictatorships in the world. So to say that, you know, we're not supposed to shake hands with dictators is fucking bullshit because they do. They do it all the time. We just don't like this current one because they're kind of wink, wink, non-judge. Like maybe we messed with your democracy, DNC. Maybe we fucking fished your email, John Podesta. But, you know, we we're not going to say Comrade, you know, 79% of the world's, uh, the other 79% of the world's dictators didn't make uh, pictures of like Bernie Sanders with like no shirt on and like <laughs> yeah. rainbows in the background. Well, so, and they, they also and they sell also... us oil, so we're fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I, I to, to compare, and, and you know, I, I didn't even mention it, but she also compared it to fucking 9 11. Like she compared, she compared 3,000 yeah. people dying in a terrorist attack to, uh, to a, a bunch of like a couple of Russians sending out some memes, uh, potentially maybe we don't even know because we haven't seen any fucking proof of it. Twelve Russian intelligence agents maybe hacking the servers of a private company and releasing real emails that proved Wait, horrible shit. Like, are you saying John Podesta's Gmail account is not all of America? Because I heard we all were attacked that day. When John Podesta's password was past W zero R D. We were the victims of a cyber attack, as Donna Brazil liked to always say when asked about it. I feel dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I just, I, I really, man, I, I just have no energy for this shit anymore. Like for the Russia thing, I, I just, it's the, the, the level of hyperbole, and this is what fucking lunatics sounded like during obama who was saying like he was kenyan and he or he was a muslim and things like the the the, the fucking msnbc democrats are the same as the fucking birthers you know they're not being racist necessarily against you know a race although they're certainly being xenophobic but they're just as deranged and fucking psychotic as those people are like that's what you sound like when you say things like uh the russians maybe interfering in our democracy is the same as fucking kristallnacht or 9-11 like that's well they're literally psychotic. they're literally pointing out one degrees from a russian now like you're not even it's not that you know the russian you're like a step away from the guy that knows a russian yeah, yeah. you know and forget about that you know under Clinton was the whole Russian reset where we were trying to infuse capitalism over there. So if you look at the, the bank books of all the politicians that were a part of this, everybody's in bed with all the oligarchs in Russia. Right. Well, and there's that famous Time magazine cover that brags openly that the U.S. rigged the election for Boris Yeltsin. You know, and it's like, ha ha, we, we fucking got what we wanted by, you know, it's like there's no... The idea that, like, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't like Trump. I don't like Putin. I think they're both authoritarian shitlords. But uh, we got a little tiny taste if everything, even, even if what they say is true, we only got a little tiny taste of what we've been doing to democracies over and over and over. Including to, Russia's. Including like Russia's, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, and that's a superpower. But, you know, we fucked over Haiti. Uh, how many coups have we supported in the last 25 years? Honduras. 
uh, all Iran. of Latin America, basically. Right. It's, it, and it's all so the, the idea that we're this noble bastion of democratic freedom that's been fucked with is this total mental vacuum liberals have of history that they don't want to imagine that we've ever been bad before two years ago. And it's fucking bullshit. And I'm sick of these people who are educated but just turn off the fucking part of their brain that remembers history when it's convenient. Yeah, like uh, like our buddy Thomas Friedman. I was oh, just going to oh, say we, that we, the, we, the other part of it is that, you know, Russia's been doing this forever, too. This isn't new from Russia. Yeah, it, It's yeah. new to... An ex- to being leveraged as an excuse for losing an election. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I really just, I, I have no patience for this anymore. It, it's like just nonstop. And I don't understand. I don't know what's going to make it stop because if Trump gets reelected, that's going to be all they're going to talk about for the next four years after that. If Bernie gets elected, they're going to somehow pin or they've already tried to pin Russia bullshit on him. Like, I don't I don't I don't see a, a path. The only path towards us not ever talking about Russia again is if fucking Hillary Clinton runs again in 2020 and wins. Like, that's the only <laughs> path to, to them shutting the fuck up about Russia. Here's Although the thing. then they'll have it's... to they'll have to divert for her not doing anything policy wise. So they'll still talk about Russia, probably. They The people who are still jump it up and down about Ralph Nader and Jill Stein. Don't even remember that Joe Lieberman, uh, who <laughs> ran for vice president in 2000. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, 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 it's just, you still there? Uh, Cameron, yes, there? sir. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. So what were you saying? Lieberman? Well, it, you know, I mean, Lieberman is now uh, attacking uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, in supporting third part now third party candidate Joe Crowley. <laughs> to, to it run, get crazier. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, like, why? I mean, all this for the last twenty, almost twenty years, we've been told that you know, uh, third party candidates are spoilers that divide the left and divide liberals. Whatever, they're two different fucking things. And suddenly Joe Lieberman, the guy who was vice president, who we're told that that's a third party spoiler's fault, that Joe Lieberman never got to be vice president, is now supporting the exact fucking thing we've been, has been drilled into our head was wrong all along. Well, clearly it wasn't, but, you know, Lieberman's just, it's like who, people, I've seen tweets, were like people thought Lieberman was dead. They had no <laughs> idea who he was. Wishful it, thinking. Politically yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah right. it, 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 did you see? I'm sure you guys saw the interview he was on on whatever fucking network it was. And the guy, oh, the host, God. was like giving him a break and like trying to like give him an easy out. Like, don't you think like maybe you guys should listen to like some younger voice? And he's like, droopy dogs. I call uh, Lieberman. Was like, nope, no, no. If Ocasio Cortez, people like her get, uh, if they're gonna run in 2020, then we're going to lose. And the host was like, you could tell he was like trying not to laugh at him, openly laugh his <laughs> face. We need yeah, more yeah. open laughing at the politicians. We do. Unfortunately, nobody on TV disagrees. Most people on TV don't disagree with these fucking morons, so it's very hard to actually get that kind of a do, do, do you guys see response. that clip? Do you know what show that was on? I don't remember. I, it was I, on one of the morning shows, but... Um, yeah. It, Joe Lieberman is 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 a clown. He's just an absolute clown. He's a fucking 
He's the reason we don't have the public option, you know, beyond the fact that the Obama administration didn't really want the public option. He's the, he's one of the more prominent reasons we don't have the public option. Uh, well, didn't he support the, Trump at one point? Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he works for the law firm that like represents Trump or something like that. It, it's some, I mean, you know, this is a guy, this is a guy who lost his primary cause he got primaried by a guy to the left of him in Connecticut and he ran as a third party and cost I, I that just, guy the election. I just want to say it's Republicans just, in Connecticut are to the left of Joe Lieberman. All Republicans in Connecticut are to the left of Joe Lieberman. <laughs> well, we just need to find a If he knows a Russian, we can kill his whole career. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. So, you know, we're talking about Lieberman. His whole thing was that he was he, he got called on all the morning shows to talk about Ocasio-Cortez because everyone's fucking terrified of her right now uh she had a less than stellar moment the other day on pbs but i don't really think it's her fault i think that i mean it's it her, her answer wasn't great but i think the host kind of cornered her i have the audio from that so i'm gonna play that and then we'll, yeah, we'll kind of chat about that one tweet or made one statement mm -hmm. that referred to um a a killing by israeli soldiers of civilians in gaza mm -hmm and called it a massacre, which mm -hmm. became a little bit controversial. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anywhere. Uh, what is your position on Israel? Well, I believe absolutely in Israel's right to exist. I am a proponent of a two-state solution. Um, and for me, it's not, it's, this is not a referendum, I think, on the state of Israel. For me, the lens through which I saw this incident as an activist, as an organizer, 60 people were killed in Ferguson, Missouri. 60 people were killed in the South Bronx, unarmed. 60 people were killed in, in Puerto Rico. I just looked at that incident more through, uh, through just as an incident. And to me, it would just be completely unacceptable if that happened on our shores. But uh, I am, of course, the, the dynamic there in terms of geopolitics of and the course. war in the Middle East is very different than mm. people expressing their First Amendment right to protest. Well. Yes, but I also think that what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of, of Palestine, is um, just an increasing crisis of humanitarian conditions. And that, to me, is just where I tend to mm -hmm. come from on this issue. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um, this is bullshit questions. Yeah, just it, pause. Can you pause that for a second, like real quick? I just want to cut in. Um, yeah. Fuck PBS for that bullshit gaslighting Th question. This, this person belongs on fucking Fox News. Some of these questions. This is like, Fox News, but what did you mean by massacre? What do you mean by occupation? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe they have them surrounded in a fucking open air prison with with guards, and they're not allowed to have commerce or trade or fucking goods. Like what? shooting civilians <laughs> and medics who are unarmed, who are who are non. Violently protest. Oh, they had a rock. They had a kite. These are death squads. These are fucking death squads. What did you mean by occupation? Oh, well, I don't know. The last 70 years where uh, one country has taken the land away from another country and killed anyone that, that tried to protest their house being bulldozed. Uh, that occupation. Let me let me play the rest of the clip, and we'll, yeah, I'm sorry, sure we'll have I way just, more. To, no, no, you're good. I, I I I couldn't take it either. I was like this this, and so this is I, you know I'll 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 play the rest, and we'll talk about it. Settlements that are increasing in in some of these areas and and places where um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, 
difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue. You know, for me, I'm a firm believer in, uh, in finding a, a two-state solution in this issue. And um, I'm happy to sit down with leaders on both of this on both of these. For me, I just look at, at things through a human rights lens. And I may not use the right words. <laughs> I know this is a That's very, very honest. That's very honest, and you're going issue. to. I mean, it's it's very honest. And when you um, you know get to Washington and you're an elected member of Congress, you'll have the opportunity to and talk to people yeah. on all sides and visit Israel and Absolutely. visit the West Bank. And Absolutely. And I think that that's one of those things that's important too is that. Um, you know, especially with the district that I that I represent, I come from the South Bronx. I come from a Puerto Rican background, and um, Middle Eastern politics is not exactly what's at my kitchen table every night. But I I also recognize that this is an intensely important issue uh, for people in my district, for Americans across the country, and I think what's at least important to communicate is that I'm willing to listen and that I'm willing to learn and evolve on this issue, like I think many Americans are. So that woman's name, but for for just reference, is Margaret Hoover, which is appropriate because she fucking sucks. Um, I, I, it just the, that was such a. This is fucking PBS. This is not Fox News. Like that that interviewer, uh, you know, Ocasio. Uh, you know, I, I love mm -hmm. Ocasio, but she just it, it, she she was not. She was caught off guard by that question. But the the way the interviewer kept prodding like little weaknesses in her answer was clearly designed to try to make her look uninformed or stupid on this well, issue. It, it's like, what do you mean the Holocaust of the Jews? What did you mean by that? Like, yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's, it's denying that a massacre happened. It's denying that a genocide is taking place. And when you throw something so, uh, just horribly racistly dismissive at somebody, it, it's designed to gaslight them and get them off their game. So mm -hmm. her response, her first answer is good. And then the, the, the Fox news, uh, you know, PBS woman throws a, a, a um, you know, She's a question at her up, yeah. that's so uh, completely off base that she doesn't know how to respond to it. Cause it's so wrong. And that's exactly what Fox news hosts do. You know, it, like I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with a question that's so, um, uh, so much of, of, of a mind fuck fuckery, LaDonna fuckery, um, <laughs> that it's going to make you not be able to answer properly. Cause you're thinking, how could they possibly not know what the word massacre means? How can they possibly not, not know what the word occupation means? How can they be so willfully ignorant of the history of what's happened there? It's not geopolitics. It's one country with a shitload of money and a shitload of weapons gifted them occupying a very poor group of people who have almost nothing and every day have less and less and less. This is a genocide. And also, right. well, I think if you yeah, look yeah, at, yeah. if you listen to what she said, she, she didn't really say anything that I disagree with. Meaning yeah. Yeah. I, I think for the most part, it was just an awkward moment and people aren't used to a politician having being human, you know, they don't have a queued up answer ready to go. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, I honestly think she's jet lagged, but I don't want to excuse it for that. But I think she was yeah, being yeah. honest. I think I think she is concerned about the protesters and she does see it through that light. I mean, you know, she's someone that lives in the Bronx and is fighting for her local people. And yeah, yeah. 
she frames it perfectly. Um, um, Anthony, I'm sure you agree. She's like, if this was 60 people in Ferguson murdered, if this was 60 people in, in Baltimore or Puerto Rico, there would be no question about who was right and wrong. Right, here. right. So why are we think, playing around? And I think that's where she wanted to go with it, but I think she was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And it looks weak for a politician to to not be so solid on their positions. And that's that's where the, the host, Miss Hoover, who sucks, easy to remember her name. <laughs> uh, she smelled blood and went with it, obviously. Uh-huh. Well, you know, and it, it, you, this is a thing you notice with Ocasio's interviews, because she is a very magnetic person. Like when she gives interviews, she's very uh, disarming, and that's her charm. But what these fucking corporate news shit bags do is that they're told by their producers who are told by their donors, hey, Make her look stupid. Ask, keep her asking her follow-up questions that they never fucking ask the Chuck Schumers and Nancy Pelosi's and Cory Booker's of the world. Yeah. They only do it to fucking Bernie and, and Ocasio because they want to make anyone who's trying to uh, fuck with their money, basically, they want to make them look stupid, even though they're trying to help society. Very intentional, I think. It, it, yeah, it's it's intentional, and you'll never hear somebody say, uh, you know, you always hear the question, well, do you believe in the right of Israel to exist? And everyone's like, well, you know, of course, of course, of course. It's like... The, the yeah, I don't believe is, they should be genocided either. I don't think the, anyone should be right. fucking genocided. The question is never asked, though, do you believe in the right of Palestinian statehood? That uh-huh. question is never fucking asked. Ever. Never, ever. To which I would hope her answer be, uh, yeah, they, they, it was their fucking land, you know, and now they're being slowly encroached on and, the, the, and exterminated. The that, right. The thing she got called out on was she's, she gave the party line of, why well, support the two-state solution, yeah. which is a total which wash. Is, it's right? not. It's a fantasy, yeah. Because the conditions for that are always that, uh, yes, you can have two states as long as Palestine can keep building condos on one of them and the people who already live there. Uh, can't fight back when their houses get bulldozed. Caterpillar. Caterpillar is a U.S. company that builds giant fucking bulldozers uh, for all kinds of construction and destruction. They build a special kind of bulldozer specifically for Israel to uh, bulldoze entire homes in less than 10 minutes that can withstand rocks and bullets and whatever. It's like, what fucking company does that? How inhuman do you have to be to build a bulldozer specifically to evict and demolish the home of a person faster than they can, you know, resist it? Is that not like, has there ever been a better uh, example of capitalism than a company building a bulletproof and rockproof, you know, Uh, caterpillar? Yeah, I mean, a, a, a machine that can flip a house from habitable to rubble. You know, I mean, a missile can do it faster, and we do that shit over there, too. But uh, this is slightly more humane, because at least it's like you can see it coming up the road rather than dropping from the sky at the speed of sound. So they need to come up with, like, a a tent camp caterpillar. Just (laughs) mow down the tent camps. Yeah, that'll be their next thing. Guys, I'm drunk, so I got to say this. Um, Speaking of caterpillars... (laughs) Uh, I live in the Midwest where there's a lot of milkweed plants where monarch butterflies, which are have been decimated by Monsanto Roundup-ready fertilizer fucking spray bullshit, pesticides. Um, I saw five monarch, butter, monarch butterfly caterpillars today They'll on milkweed plants in the same <laughs> fucking garden. I saw five. 
I had hope for the future. Sorry. We were talking about caterpillars. It just came up. There's your optimism for the day, folks. (laughs) No more shots for you this podcast. (laughs) We'll see. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, in this... Pack, you mute your thing. Sorry. Uh, Meanwhile, right now, the... um, Right now in fucking Gaza, they're, you know, rolling in there with tanks right now, and they bombed the shit out of them the other day because they said that uh, Palestine or that Hamas launched 60 rockets into Israel, even though somehow nobody was fucking killed by these 60 rockets that were launched into Israel. I don't, I, you know, I, and again, I don't know how the fuck Hamas gets rockets when they're not even allowed to have guns in, in Palestine. But, you know, may, I, who am I to question their fucking narrative? But meanwhile, in response to this, they carpet bomb this fucking prison and kill two children playing in a fucking playground, even though they claim they're only bombing military targets. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'd call that an occupation and I'm pretty sure I'd call that a massacre. But, you know, I, you, maybe that's just me. I, I'm, I'm fucking weird like that. It, well, it, the point it, is, you can't even have this discussion on TV. No, not at all. It's it's not allowed. And if if you if you point out any human rights issue regarding Palestine, you're it's it's worse than you being a Russian. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's just so depressing. And and uh, and the other day there was another story about how uh, Trump. Uh, or how Netanyahu rather bragged on some leaked audio that he got Trump to cancel the nuclear deal. No, the Iran nuclear deal. No fucking conversation in the media about that. No hand wringing about Netanyahu and Israel interfering in our elections. That's a proven uh, piece of uh, interference in in our democracy. Yet nobody fucking talks about that because that's not, you know, within their fucking narrative. You know, going back to the whole... America supporting 79 dictatorships. Um, Israel just passed a law reaffirming that only Israeli Jews are citizens. Well, oh God, there, I saw that. there's, I don't even know the, the exact ratio or the number of people, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of Arab Israelis that live in the country. When we say apartheid Israel, we're not even talking about the occupation. We're talking about how Arab Israelis are treated as non-Jews in Israel, and they just passed a law confirming that those people are not real citizens. They're they're three fifths three fifths of a vote. It's Jim Crow. They're openly embracing the idea that they are apartheid state. Yeah, no, and and it, because they know they can fucking get away. <laughs> you with You did it. it. You did the. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do we drink now? Yeah. Yes, you can. Um, Yeah, it's just... I almost did it again. So, (laughs) yeah, it's just... I can't fucking fathom how the world... I mean, you know, I shouldn't even say the world community because almost every other country in the world, especially in the UN, condemns Israel. And we're the only fucking country, no matter who's president, no matter if it's fucking George Bush or Bill Clinton or Barack fucking Obama or, or Donald Trump they always back them and they always cover for them and they veto at veto any kind of resolution that the UN puts forth. And it's like, what, how, this is fucking disgusting. And, and history is going to look back on the United as, as a, this is going to be a stain on the United States for decades worth of administrations in terms of our po- policy towards Israel. So, Won't be in our history so, books though. So we're rest assured. 
No, <laughs> never, never. So we'll be the we, benevolent ones that save them somehow. We just celebrated the hundredth birthday of Nelson Mandela, who passed away a couple of years ago. And of course, you know, as as any radical black figure in history, his legacy gets whitewashed. You know, he was what was he put in jail for? Uh, it was terrorism. He was a communist that supported uh, killing racists with guns, and that's why he was put in that. jail. That's, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is exactly. And hell. you know, same as is MLK, Martin Luther King. Um, you know, he was he was in that same vein. And socialist, yeah. The 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 you know the the liberals want to say, oh, well, he's great, and Obama was like, oh, I'm just like him, you know. And <laughs> yeah, he compared himself to Nelson Mandela and MLK the other day. Well, he probably didn't do it himself. He just had his handlers do it for him. But it's still. You you see the same thing when you hear people say, "Well, Israel is totally different situation." Uh, well, how how is it different? You have a caste system where people that are given money and weapons are allowed to burn people to death they don't like and burn their crops, burn their olive trees, bulldoze their homes. These people are you know, who experienced a genocide themselves, the survivors of genocide are now empowered with the weapons of empire and do the exact same thing or, or to a degree, very similar things of, of creating a, a, an ethno state and uh, kicking out immigrants, uh, scapegoating immigrants. Um, it's you, you see this over and over and you, you know, like I don't necessarily root for Hamas, but I understand they're trying to resist by any means necessary. And certainly anyone who studied the civil rights movement in America understands that term by any means necessary. You have to survive somehow. And if people are trying to starve you to death and have checkpoints where you can't go through, you can't rebuild your house, like what do you do? What do you do besides resort to you picking up a gun try to and trying yeah. to fight back? You know, what would, I, what would I do if someone came down my street and turned off the water? And wouldn't let me leave my house after 8 p.m. at night to get food. You would kill them so you can go and get food and water, probably. Yeah, if they were fucking invaded my home, goddamn right I would. Any American would. Yeah, it's Merck. You get your gun, you go over there, <laughs> you fucking... Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, genuinely. And, you know, who knew, who knew Hitler didn't even have to kill all the Jews to fucking get his white ethno state? He just had to wait for the Likud party to roll around, and he, they would have done it with him, you know, Ugh. apparently. <laughs> Oh God! If history, if history repeats itself any faster, I'm gonna stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably should anyway. Well, this this is depressing. We should talk about uh, something a lot lighter, like uh, Bernie's town hall on uh, workers versus CEOs. Yay! Which was so fucking depressing. Uh, Peter, what you 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 watched it as well? What were your thoughts? I mean, you could just go down that line of people. Those five people on stage that worked at Walmart, McDonald's, Disneyland, Amazon, American airlines. And, you know, I mean, I, I, the one that hit me was McDonald's. I mean, they all hit me, but that lady that worked at McDonald's, I don't know how many years she'd been there, but she had no vacation, literally no vacation. I mean, if I worked a job, I liked, I loved, I absolutely loved my job. And they gave me no vacation. I would kill myself. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a prison. It's a prison, and at most, no sick time. They're allowed to take two weeks off without pay. I mean, how is that a life? 
It's you know? not. And, and, and any company that understands the, the, the social and mental well-being of their employees, benefits them as a company, will give their employees time off for vacation. Because a, a, a socially enriched employee that travels and comes back to work feeling uh, good about their life is going to perform better and do a better job, right? But in capitalist America, we don't even care about that because capitalism is a fucking death cult in this country in the whole fucking world, <laughs> you know, and it's like, we don't care. We'll work them to death and then we'll hire another corpse. Yeah, we'll hire a guy to 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 sweep up all the corpses of all the employees that dropped dead, and then we'll just bring in some new ones to think of all the caterpillar jobs, <laughs> sweeping away the bodies. Yeah, caterpillar is going to make a special uh, uh, overworked uh, deceased employee uh, caterpillar with it's got a scoop Oop, that's, that's uh, lower, lower to, to the, the ground, ground picks, picks up, up the, the corpses. Amazon feeder. <laughs> yeah, well, you saw. I mean, I don't know. I I just watched it not that long ago, so it's fresh for me, but. The, uh, the town hall. Yeah, the the Amazon worker, you know, the guy's busting his butt, and no matter what he does, no matter how fast and hard he works, you know, they have a number you're supposed to reach for how many boxes you put in place or whatever the hell the job is, and he he just can't get his quota. I mean, he's always twenty percent under quota, so that's that's how they work. People, you know, they just work them to death, make you strive for an unreachable goal. Use that as leverage to not give you a, a promotion or a, a raise or fire you and just replace you with someone that's fresh once you're burned out. So the the scariest thing about Amazon that's come out, you know, there's lots of things like the static shocks that people get from running around the factory. <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the bracelets that you have to wear to vibrate to tell you when you're not, you know, in the right area or whatever. Um, which I don't even know if that's a real thing they did, but it was a thing they were thinking about doing. But just the fact you can't talk to your coworkers, that you're on assembly line of, of running around, and if you talk to other people, uh, they'll fire you. They can fire you or have a talk with you, which is usually you know, that's the beginning of trying to set somebody up for getting fired, right? I mean, just, just the isolation of that, to spend your eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day in that environment where you're not allowed to talk or make eye contact or or, or interact with other people. It's inhuman. I mean, that's inhuman. Right, and then it's, 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 torture. it's torture. Add on top to that that you have an unreachable goal that's stressing you out. Yeah. Your goal and, should be to commune with other human beings, and they yeah. can't even do that. And they give them this and, other fucking artificial goal that they're not, they, they'll never get to because they keep raising the fucking goalpost. Oh, and by the way, we're they're probably paying you like minimum wage or a dollar over federal minimum wage, which is seven twenty five a fucking yeah. hour. And so if you, you know, on top if you, of that, if you collapse from from no air conditioning, they have to cart your ass to the hospital in ambulance. I'm guarantee they dock your wage for that. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, that comes right out of your paycheck. And the, you know, I mean, and the, you mentioned that McDonald's worker. I think it was, the, or, no, you know, it was the Amazon worker who said he was, like, ready to kill himself. And he, he had to, he told his friends, and his friends are like, you need to leave. Like, no job is worth, like, being this depressed and, and be, feeling this hopeless. Like, he literally talked about, how, like, wanting to kill himself because of how horrible it was to work for Amazon. Yeah, that was Amazon. Yeah, yeah. He, that was the guy. He was talking about the social isolation, which... That's not an easy thing to talk about, to feel that way. Oh, God. A crowd of people, especially. It's, it's one pe- one thing to talk about, like, hey, I was in jail and it sucked. But it's another thing to be like, yeah, my job made me feel this way. It made me feel like less of a person 
not because I didn't get paid enough or because the hours sucked, but because I just didn't feel a human connection with other people that I worked with. That's a hard thing to even recognize, yeah. let alone articulate. And the the Disney, uh, the, one of the Disney women told a story about how one of their coworkers, I, the, first of all, she said that a lot of the people that work at Disney, a lot of the entertainers that, you know, entertain your children and like dress up like fucking goofy, uh can't number one obviously they can't afford to live in anaheim because it's insanely overpriced but a lot of them are homeless like a lot of them live in tent cities and they said mm -hmm. this one woman uh lived in her car and and they couldn't find they didn't know why she didn't come in for a few days and they found her later uh she died in her car like she literally died in her car like that's that's the fucking people who work at the happiest place on earth that's what yeah. capitalism does to the fucking brain is that M michael eisner thinks it's okay to pay his employees such a shitty fucking wage that they have to live in their car and die in their fucking car so they can come and dress up as fucking goofy and entertain your children like that I i've said this a few times but imagine if you know uh housing was a human right but there was no free parking right because we've seen how people can't afford a house anymore so they're forced to live in their car because you can park a car almost anywhere in the country for free, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of like the last. <laughs> well, certain yeah, certain cities. It's in, in cities. Yeah. It's very difficult. But like in in rural parts, it's you know, well, you it should be. You, you shouldn't be able to park a car because it's not free parking. It's just subsidized parking. Like all roads are subsidized. Like all you know, almost all gasoline is subsidized in this country. Um, but you know, it, it's what we're talking about and what that town hall really was about was what Marx wrote about was the alienation that capitalism is designed to to mind fuck the workers not just to underpay them but to alienate them emotionally from their own labor right to make them hate yeah. their jobs and to just basically be be subservient and have stockholm syndrome with the boss that was that's been deliberate the way they design factory jobs to be dehumanizing and to fucking suck is designed to make people feel beaten down like they're not good enough like they don't deserve anything better that that that's such a crucial part of marx that people don't talk about i need to read marx because he's every time i hear a quote <laughs> from him i'm like man this is a smart fucking dude but 200 years just ago never he figured it all out i know i know and i've never just gotten around to reading him although i agree with everything i've heard you know coming out of his mouth so he needs a good interpreter a lot of good people yeah uh so da professor david harvey who i quote a lot um is a really good marx interpreter uh, meaning that mm -hmm. he's read it all uh and he can kind of like uh say in a way that's a little bit more relevant for our urbanized capitalist uh mega city society um where we don't really work fucking brains. as much yeah right we like you know and it's not just that um you know the factory fucks you over at your actual labor job it's that we fuck you over the way you have to pay rent and can't use public space because it's all been privatized it's all these different ways that the way you live has been uh commodified uh, in ways that should never be commodified um that you don't even think about yeah. So check him out. Uh, uh, Pat, I think I, I sent you a link to him. Um, Professor David Harvey, one of my favorite Marxist uh, interpreters. Richard Wolf, too. Right on. Well, this I have an unrelated story, but just about being poor. I was I was very poor at one point when I lived in Tahoe and um, I got pulled over for being an idiot. Didn't have my license, didn't have my proof of insurance, didn't have my proof of registration. And forgot all about it but my physical mailing address was not where I lived. So it would, it would go back to my parents' house. 
Okay. So the point is I missed my notification to appear to take care of that stuff. And at the time I had a registration, I just didn't have proof of it. Had insurance, just didn't have proof of it. Had a license, just didn't have proof of it. Bottom line is to fix that, I needed to have $4,000 in cash to show up at the courtroom to take care of it. Wow. So I needed to give the, give the judge four grand and say, please, can I have my, my license back or, you know, silly thing. Anyway, my point is some people don't have access to these things. Like, you know, how would someone get out of that situation if they were poor? You can't, which is why, you know, there's so many people sitting in jail over bullshit because they can't afford, you know, a a $500 bail and you have fucking monsters roaming free because they happen to be white collar criminals and they have enough money to post a $500,000 bail. You know, that's why the whole, that's why the whole concept of cash bail is fucking bullshit. Yeah, uh, how, how long was Harvey Weinstein in jail for? A couple hours. Yeah. I mean, made, made, a, made a cameo. Ugh. Yeah. So I, I work for Department of State, as you guys probably know. I've talked about this. Take a drink. <laughs> Take a drink. Work Department of State. Take a drink, too. <laughs> but but uh, just helping people get identification, because a lot of times they're not even traveling. They just need a document that's proof of citizenship and proof of identity. I, I My first month on the job, this guy calls me. Uh, when they release you from jail, there's that great moment in movies where they show someone picking you up or, or you're on a bus. <laughs> That's yeah. not the way it works. Usually, by the time you get out of jail, you're completely alone. They let you out of the door, and that's it. There's no ride for you, right? And I had this guy call me, and he was bereft, and he had no identification. He had no way to get a job without identification. He had no way to get a uh, you know a driver's license without identification. He had no way to get a birth certificate without identification. So, you know, I'm trying to walk him through the shit he would need to do to get a passport. Um, all the multiple forms of secondary ID. And the guy starts breaking down during this phone call I have with him. And he's like, dude, I don't, I'm not going to make it out here. I'm not going to make it out here. And I'm like, this guy is about to go commit a fucking another crime to get back yeah. into jail where at least he has that stability. It's like that, the fucking, the old guy from Shawshank redemption. And I'm like, this guy might go fucking do something terrible. If I can't get him back to a place where he thinks like, okay, maybe there's a future. And I think, like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a tiny little window on one person's life. But look at, um, you know, millions of people that are in jail that shouldn't be because they were put there because they got threatened with uh, 20 to life when they probably didn't do anything. So they pled out for three to five. They get out and their fucking life's over. They can't get a job. They can't do anything. Right. And, and we're doing this to millions of people in this country. We're just making the poor even poorer. We're fucking punishing people for being poor for the rest of their lives. Their lives are fucking fucked. You can't get a job with a fucking master's degree in this country anymore. You think you're going to get a job as an ex-con? Like I, I just, it's not, it's not, it's unfathomable now in, in today's bullshit yeah. economy. Like, when you got, a, you got websites that are like, oh hey, pay us a thousand dollars to take your mugshot down. Like wow. it's fucking extortion. Which is they probably can't even fucking do it. I got to take it out of the 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 county data uh, database that uh, you're fucking mugshot you know like yeah <sighs> well i don't know I, back to the the uh bernie town yeah, hall yeah. i can't remember who it was but one of the people was were uh talking about you know because you're poor you have to share housing so you end up renting yeah. a house out or something with eight people or something 
but then you're you're at the mercy of everybody paying rent so like you know one person you know the lady was saying well you know somebody was four hundred dollars short on rent or something so of course that that triggers a whole episode for somebody that's really scraping by by just paycheck to paycheck every dollar so she has to go get a payday loan of course you know mm-hmm. and, yeah. and one of the things they said bernie said was that you know 40 percent of people in the u.s can't afford a 400 dollars bill that hits them so if there's something out of nowhere that's 400 bucks 40 percent of our country doesn't have the money for it yeah I, I wouldn't have the money for that right like if if you hit me with a bill like that right now and said pay this by tomorrow I, i'd be fucked well I, I probably would reach out to but like i couldn't do it on my own like I, like that's yeah and, and i feel like that's everyone we know like almost it, it's just such a so the other thing uh, from that town hall, like you were saying, Pat, is is uh, co-housing where there's way too many people living in a small space. Like you go back 130 years to the tenement crisis in New York City where landlords, slumlords were packing in people way beyond the uh, the health code. And you had sanitation problems, you had sewer problems, you had arson problems or fire problems where just there's too many people who can't afford to own their own home packed into small spaces. The same thing is happening again because people can't afford to own their own homes. So you have cities where the, the, you know, Portland, Oregon, where the rent is rising 14% a year and you've got a shitload of people all, you know, sharing rooms in a, you know, uh, eight people to a, a four bedroom house. I mean, a four bedroom house in Portland, Oregon is at least three to four thousand dollars a month rent right and the stress of that many people living on top of each other they start to go crazy you can't you know it's like the 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 experience they did with rats back in the day where you pack more and more animals into a small space overlapping each other's lives and they start going crazy and they start attacking each other you know and, and that's the that's the end result is everyone who can at least pay some rent will be able to afford something but what is it going to be? What kind of life is that? What kind of stress is that put on them? What kind of uh, interactions do they have with the people they live around? It's going to be negative. It's going to be increasingly negative the way that people have to live with each other. Yeah. And you right. know, I... Well, I was just going to say, and I think, I think the next generation, you know, has it a lot worse and we haven't even seen the effects yet of what's going to be the result of, of the, crippling student loan debt that the the next generation has. So even the people that used to be set for success can't afford a home and are in that situation. I mean, we're at that point. I don't know how anyone's going to fucking afford. I mean, I can't, I certainly am not even in a position to dream about being able to afford. And nobody I know is like my whole gen. And you know, this, this whole fucking idea from, from, you know, the baby boomer generation that somehow, and I know some of you listen to the show and I'm not talking about you guys, just all the other assholes. Um, but (laughs) this idea that's, that somehow our generation is, is doesn't work as hard or is not, or is more infantilized. It's fucking bullshit. You know what? We, we really, there's studies on this. We are far more, we're the most productive generation in terms of what we produce, you know, per hour, because that's the way, fucking workers are thought of as you know fucking machines we're the most productive generation that's ever existed in terms of the work we put out uh we're also the least paid because we've allowed this fucking bullshit idea of reaganomics to seep into ever into the collective brains of americans and it's 
gotten to the point where corporations have gotten away with so much shit and gotten so deregulated from both parties that it, it's inconceivable that you can uh, afford. <laughs> inconceivable. Yeah, I know. That's why I paused. I was like, "Fuck." Uh, Wait for the laugh track. Um, but but no, I mean, it, it's just uh, it, how can anyone fucking succeed? Like, barring just extraordinary circumstances, or somehow you 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 manage to break through. I mean, it's just you know, people from our parents' generation and their parents' generation used to be able to afford. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, my dad worked in a fucking mailroom. Like, my mom worked in a, in a hair salon. And they were able to afford a house, like, with, you know, like a, like a three-family house with, like, my grandma. You, I, you can't fucking afford a fucking house on, on, on a good job salary these days. Like, it's insane. Yeah, 40 hours a week should get you health care and somewhere to live. I mean, that's yeah. just the human right. So... I'm sure you guys have seen this graph, but it charts uh, worker productivity versus worker wages from the yeah, end of World War II to now. And if you look at uh, from the end of World War II, um, you know, the New, New Deal, FDR, Francis Perkins was his labor secretary, who was a open communist, right, who drafted the entire New Deal that FDR pushed through, which he had to fight liberals, get it done. Um, we saw the greatest period of economic prosperity uh, and shared wealth in this country in our history for about 30 years until Ronald Reagan. And then the worker productivity kept going up the same track and then wages flatlined. So when people say, well, what's socialism ever done for this country? What, what What's communism ever done other than create inequality? It's like, motherfucker, the greatest success of socialism and, and communist policies in this country it was from FDR and Francis Perkins from 1945 until 1980. Yeah, it, which is undeniable when you actually look at the at the uh, it's, statistics. It's a fucking it. there's a fucking graph for it. It's a chart. <laughs> you can't deny it. It's pure economics. I mean, yeah. none of the stories are going to be about any of that ever on on mainstream media. I mean, did you see the feel good story? I don't know. It was this week about the the coworker who is gifting his maternity day, his, his vacation days to someone else for oh, maternity God. leave. Yeah. And that was that's, celebrated. Like, that's disgusting. Like, what? like that's a celebrated, it was meant to be a feel good story. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's fucking yeah. disgusting. Like that, 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 that woman has to, has to be gifted maternity. Like it, that it's not fucking mandatory that that company pays stories. for her to stay home with her child for six months. Those stories always get played in the corporate media because it's like, oh, hey, look, we don't need to fund a society. We can just have random acts of charity that we put on a pedestal and say, hey, look how great. It's like, oh, the cop gave the homeless guy his shoes. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, a year prior, he shot to death a homeless man. So it's yeah. all a fucking wash. Or, or like, oh, the guy that had to walk 10 miles to work got a free car from someone. Well, great. Now he's got a free car. Now he's saddled with eight to $10,000 in car payments every year uh, for storage fees, licensing fees, uh, vehicle Insurance. registration, the, the actual car payment. It, it's, I mean, the, the, the cost of a car is literally almost $10,000 a year. And that's on top of the fact that we subsidize gasoline in this country to the point where it's cheaper than anywhere else in the, in the first world. Well, it's the same argument the right has always made that, you know, 
just leave it to churches and social, you know, they'll pick up the, the slack on all these programs. if We just cancel all our social programs. <laughs> Ron Paul, Ron Paul, like, Hey, we can fund healthcare by just passing the plate. I mean, cause who among us can't uh, pass the plate at their church and raise up $600,000 for chemotherapy. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, you know, those collection plates look pretty full at the end of the day. I don't, I don't know. Uh, there might be, maybe, maybe it's like five hundred grand a day. I don't know if we we, we quite get up to the six hundred thousand dollar mark, but for chemo, yeah, you know, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, yeah, I mean, uh, half a million to a million dollars for several years of chemotherapy, which no, won't even absurd. work, and you'll still die. So. Yeah, and the, just the, the whole concept. Yeah, I forget the exact quote, but it was essentially like charity is like the opiate of capitalism. It's something to that effect, where where it's basically like people use that. I mean, Elon Musk is a fucking great example. Like now, everyone realizes what a fucking monster he is. But for the longest time, people would defend that fucking guy like to their deaths, like he was some great benevolent uh charitable man that that just wanted to make everything better and wanted to bring us to space and all this shit no he's a fucking lunatic his parents had fucking blood diamond mines that's where he got all his money from what do you think he's fucking self-made there's no such thing as a self-made fucking billionaire it's a it's a it's a asinine concept oh and we talked about this before going back to everyone telling us to fucking rag on tyt i mean i can't think of a, a, a bigger case of cognitive dissonance than fucking jank unger from fucking tyt who says well it's terrible that poor people are poor and it's terrible that the ceo of starbucks makes nine thousand dollars an hour but i also think there should be no cap on ceo wages where do you think their fucking money comes from (laughs) they extract that wealth from the labor of their fucking poor shit workers you dumb fucking idiot well, so that was actually going to be my unpopular opinion this week. So I guess we should just, we, we can transition pretty smoothly into that. All right, um, let's do it. <laughs> and, and my unpopular opinion, I don't think it's even that unpopular anymore, but I do know a lot of people that still watch TYT. TYT is fucking garbage. It's been it's been garbage for a long time, but it, it, it is just <clears throat> it is MSNBC light now. Like, I, I, I don't I don't know why, how anyone can still watch that show outside of hate watching it. Like, it's just so bad. Jank has lost his fucking mind. He at one point, you, he was always a buffoon, but I kind of liked when he was a buffoon and he would at least, uh, you know, rail against the establishment. Uh, and I, I just, I can't fucking fathom how bad that show's gotten. And, you know, the only thing, and I hate to be that guy, but the only real explanation is, well, they took $20 million from this investor and then all of a sudden it's like, well, let's just focus on Russia because that's what gets us, you know, the most views on YouTube and that's what's going to get us on YouTube TV and all this other bullshit. And it's like, you're really willing to sell out your principles for, for that? Like that's, that's, you know, I, I just, I just wonder I who their audience is going to be in a few months. I mean, they're like, it's going to be MSNBC's audience, but probably. why, you know, if, if you're somebody that likes MSNBC, why are you going to watch why are you going to risk being exposed to even the teeniest leftist shit on TYT? You know, it's, I think they're, the money, they're going to plummet. You, know, it, you look at all the point. mainstream media shows that Anna Kasparian's on now. That's She knows that's the future for her. Making money. Being on, on the big primetime shit. You know, I, I don't fault them for wanting to do that. But you, know, you can watch Amy Goodman go on those networks and not sell out. She's she's an activist and a journalist, and she doesn't compromise uh, facts in order to just get on mainstream TV. 
she's still who she is. So what does that say about the people on TYT? Who are they really? Are they still, are they just the same media whores as Rachel Maddow? Where they used to care and now they don't because the paycheck got big enough? Well, I mean, Jenks a fucking former Republican. You know, he 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 talks all the time about how he used to be a Republican, but then he he realized, right, you know, during well, the Iraq War that the Republicans were full of shit. But I mean, a lot of that shit's really hard to to get out of your system. And I think when you you know when he when you hear him defending capitalism, it's fucking gross. And you're like, this is did did, did are you really still not a Republican? <laughs> or I mean, are you a Republican who's well, uh, progressive if, on some issues, you know. We're talking about crony capitalism, not regular capitalism. Yeah, the, the crony is... <laughs> capitalism doesn't exist. Just for for people that don't fucking know this, it's crony capitalism redundant. is a word created by fucking capitalists to excuse capitalism. It's crony a, capitalism it's, it's is fucking redundant. capitalism. Exactly. It's it's like we, well, it's not <laughs> socialism. It's democratic socialism. It's totally democratic. It's like it's 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 totally redundant. It's the same fucking thing. If it's not democratic it's not socialism by its very nature the idea of a set of policies that benefit society and glue us together socialism society it's the the idea that it's somehow anti-democratic uh the only people that say that are the people that are terrified of riding the bus which is basically elon musk so you're saying late stage capitalism is going to be bad too I hear that's it's the best al- part. It's always been for the last four hundred years. It's been late stage capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to be anything other than us. Um, that's when it starts yeah. trickling down. Yeah, no, it's it's coming, man. That, 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 another four hundred years or so, it's going to trickle down on us. I, I... <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, the, the but the the whole and I've talked about this on the show before when I had this revelation where where capitalism kind of condensed into like just the whole idea of capitalism is to extract the most profit while paying the least amount of uh costs in terms of labor so the 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 logical end goal of capitalism is slavery i mean that's that's the logical end goal and to to that point our nation was largely founded by a bunch of fucking slave owners who who fucking love capitalism so you know if you really think about the 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 idea of crony capitalism it's fucking nonsense like capitalism is a barbaric inhuman system designed to destroy body and soul in the effort of making a boss a lot of fucking money and and you know right but you know what what i wonder is okay we're unquestionably moving towards more robotics less labor i mean is needed so you know, when a when a robot can be built for ten thousand dollars that it can do anything a human can, forgetting the thinking parts, but you know, I mean, you need to transition our our government, our our society, society into something that isn't. It has to in- incorporate socialism. So Ladonna right now would say, "Oh God, MMT." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not no, against so, MMT. I'm against No, 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 no. no. She she we're, we're, she is in support of it. Um she is uh concerned about people that want to like micromanage it and say, "Well, capitalists just want MMT as a way to bust unions and not ever have higher wages than just that baseline." Yeah, and I'm so, I'm all for arguing the merits of MMT. I just my one pet peeve with it is people aren't ready to 
except something like, oh, you can pay for Medicare for all with MMT. Like you're stacking yeah, on, it, it, you know, you're not going to explain that to a Midwestern voter. <laughs> you're stacking on too many things and it becomes pie in the sky for somebody. So first we need to sell them Medicare for all, you know, sell them Medicare or MMT separately. Yeah, that's my one. Well, so, so regarding what you were saying though, about robotics and, you know, that's a, that's the reason you see these um, sociopaths like Mark Zuckerberg pushing things like UBI because they realize well, they're going to fucking rip us out of our houses and flay us alive, you know, Ramsey Bolton style, if we don't at least throw them some scraps. So mm. this whole concept of UBI is something that's going to be a societal necessity in, in exactly. 50 years. I mean, I think, alone... I think 20. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Well, all right. So Star Trek, right? A lot of us got radicalized by Star Trek. Who are the, would they, do the people that work on that ship get paid anything? No. I mean, it's never, they never talk about it. If they go down to a planet, they might have like, they uh, live in like a post capitalist society, it seems right. like in that show. Yeah. So it's like, well, instead of me working eight hours a day to afford the money to pay a landlord for my house, what if just a robot did a job and I got to not have to work and could live somewhere for free and, um, could just enrich my life, uh, learning shit and traveling, do whatever the fuck I wanted? Well, why doesn't automation do that for us? Why is automation always designed to crush labor and say, well, you better work harder or robots going to take your fucking job? It's like, well, that's, that's insane. Isn't the whole point of automation is to lessen the amount of work we have or lessen the amount of labor we're, you know, uh, have to go chasing for to, to get a wage. Like the pool of people that are unemployed is always there. And the, the unemployment rate is kept artificially where it is to make low wage workers terrified of not obeying the boss because they don't want to go back to that pool of unemployment where they have no money as opposed to almost no money. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a really fucking dep <laughs> depressing society we live in. Um, but well, you got yet at the same time, we have these fictions that tell us this is the better way. They're part of our pop culture. So why do people resist it in real life when they know that this is the f the better nature of ourselves? We write these stories knowing they're moral, knowing that this is the better way to, to live. The 60-hour work week is kind of like, you know, one of those things that, oh, that's that's a feel-good story that people are working their asses off, and, and that's how you climb out of these problems, but it, it never works. But that's still sold as part of pop culture here. Yeah. Well, there's just no there's no focus whatsoever under capitalism and in just American uh, just in the American kind of story in general on uh, the fact that it, you're not lazy if you don't want to work 40 hours a week. You're you, you're logical like no human should fucking I genuinely believe that people are not meant to work 40 hours a week like we, we did not evolve into the the beings that we are to 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 fucking waste, you know most of our week uh, doing essentially assembly line type jobs, no matter what you're doing, even if you're not yeah. literally on an assembly line, you know, I, I, it feels like you're on, you're doing the hey. same fucking thing every day of your life. If you're like, a sandwich artist at Subway, that's a fucking assembly line. <laughs> right. But even bringing up that concept is sort of un-American, you know, it is, which is, which is obnoxious as fuck, but it, it, it truly is. But I, you know, and that was kind of the moment where I was, I, Joe, I heard Joe Rogan talk about this and, you know, I, everyone has kind of their beefs with him and I have some beefs with him too. But that was a moment where I was like, this dude gets it, even though he 
you know, <laughs> at times maybe entertains people I would not fucking entertain. He's like, man, look, I don't think people are like meant racist. to work more than like, yeah, yeah, like horrible fucking racist. Um, but he's like, look, I don't, I genuinely don't think we're, we, as humans, we are supposed to work more than like 20 hours a week. Like we're supposed to, you know, be able to sustain ourselves and keep ourselves busy, but be able to, you know, feed ourselves and house ourselves. But like, you know, and, and if you look at com- uh, countries in Europe, I mean, people in Italy don't fucking do this shit. Like people in France don't like, they have much better lives. They have mandatory vacation time and not just like two weeks. Like we have here, which is like, Oh my God, we have two weeks. They have like, like two months paid vacation. In some of these countries mandate, like federally mandated, you know, um, I mean, personally, I, I had a, a job that allowed me to work three 12 hour days. And that's rough, but no, that was, it was by choice and it was phenomenal. I mean, it's 36 hours, but you know, your, your day is already spent going to your fucking job. Yeah. yeah. So to have four days on your own, in your own life, in your own world, it's literally balanced towards you. I mean, I'm not. Can I saying, ask what the job was? Uh, I was a sales manager. For a tech company. Right. Yeah. So that See, I, I thought trucker, but that's, you know, whatever. Trucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking rough no, 12 I hour mean, driving. All I'm saying is I, I agree that the balance is, is definitely against the workers these days. I mean, well, and it's part of, it's part of, it's built into our psyche as a country that, you know, work hard and yeah. you'll, you'll achieve. And that's not, I have one quibble on this and and that a lot of people sort of conflate all work with a job. And I I feel like that kind of plays into the trappings of defining all commerce as capitalism because everything we've ever done for the, the entire duration of our existence on this planet is work. It is labor, right? It's mm-hmm. really only when you're doing it for someone else just for the money that it's a job, right? When I leave my my office at Department of State, I go home. I'm still Picture. working. I'm working. I'm studying. I'm enriching myself. I'm sharing things, sharing information. All of that is work, whether it's paid or not. It's only that when it's for explicitly someone else's uh, purposes – that it's really a job. So I, I feel like, you know, it, maybe that's splitting hairs and, 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 you know, semantics or whatever, but I feel like um, we need to have a job less and enjoy the work we do for ourselves more. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. <sighs> well, what about you guys? You have uh, unpopular opinions of your own because we, we, we dovetailed into several different random things. But It was uh, good, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I'm still, I'm still drunk. drunk. I have an unpopular opinion. It may be popular. I don't even know. But um, I don't think Trump will be the Republican nominee in 2020. Um, I, You could be right. I, I tend to think it's going to be somebody like Kasich. So do you think he's going to get impeached? Or do you think like they're going to actually primary him and, and beat him in a primary? that i i don't think he's gonna lose a primary yeah to me he resigns i i think there's there's gonna be enough corruption and exposed Mm -hmm. from the russia stuff not necessarily collusion but just business dealings and things Mm -hmm. that are not very palatable to the public and i i think through that he resigns or or just doesn't run not resign but um but so then 
the Republicans are going to have to rebrand. And to me, Kasich is sort of the opposite of Trump. He's a likable-ish Republican. And I just don't think Democrats are ready for him if it's somebody like that. Everything they've done is is anti-Russia, anti-Trump. So you put a softy Republican up there like Kasich, who... It's a great way to counter it. You know, I, I just think... I think it's a possibility, and I don't think anyone can beat him but Bernie. I, um, Kasich came to uh, my hometown when he was running, and I agree that he's kind of like a, an Ohio moderate Republican. And he came to another Rust Belt town where I grew up, and I think about 12 people showed up. So <laughs> I don't mean to knock the guy on that point but it's just you know the the right wing likes somebody who's a megalomaniac right the left wing where i think we're at likes somebody who's authentic and honest right wing doesn't care if they're authentic and honest they just want someone who's charismatic and Kasich doesn't have that and he's never going to have that they're they're always going to go for whoever the most extreme version of their ego is yeah see i don't know i i think we're in a I think you have to look at it from even on the Republican side, there's a pendulum and mm-hmm. agree. I, I, I see an opportunity for him. I mean, if Trump's not there to, you know, call him small dick Kasich or whatever he wants to call him, <laughs> you know, if he's not on stage they're, there, they're he's going to seem like the reasonable guy. Bully. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, you got to come, we're coming out of a Trump period and, you know, for my theory to be correct, the country has to have come to a point where they reject Trump. So I, what I would say to that, I, I think that's possible. I think. Uh, I'd like to add, I have another that, 20 theories, but <laughs> that's just one. <laughs> so my thing with that is that the Democrats would be fucked if that happened. Like, it, but I, I still don't think like Conrad was saying that Kasich would make it out of a primary because the right has pandered to the f- lunatic fringes of their base for so long that I, I find it hard. I, maybe Ted Cruz would somehow fucking oh, win a primary. No. Just another awful Republican who's not mired in, in corruption scandals. Although I'm sure he would be immediately upon taking office. I mean, I, I understand, but I really think you're looking at a point where the fatigue from all the Trump shit, I mean, we're a year and a half into it and the fatigue is set in. It hasn't set it on the, on the hard right as much as yet, but I don't, I don't think we should underestimate two more years of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. To, to your point. um, I, I think that every time people, uh, pretend to know what to expect from the far right, uh, they get fucking owned. <laughs> so right. who the fuck <laughs> knows what's going to happen? Uh, they could they could do a shift to like a back to compassionate conservatism rather than this belligerent fascism. And, and so they're like, like, oh, yeah, this is this is the right way to go. And case hitches the guy, you know, and Democrats would be like, wait, no, what about our fucking bomb strikes? What about us? You know, and then they'll lose again and again and again by trying to be you know, you guys- some version of the right. <laughs> You know, you guys are not considering that Kasich might just run as a Democrat because they've moved so far right that he would feel more comfortable running as a Democrat. Yeah. Well, they would still <laughs> choose Kasich as a Democrat rather than Bernie as a Democrat. Oh, they absolutely fucking would. 
Ugh. What about you, comrade? What's what's your? Uh... Oh, I've had so many drunken, unpopular opinions that like if I actually voice one, it's gonna either be really try try yeah try to try not to let the beast out too much. Try to like just pe- peel back like a little layer. Just <laughs> I don't know if I've had one. I feel like I've been really in sync with with the populace. I mean, I voiced my you know concern with like certain aspects of like the far left uh, call out culture, which just basically replicates uh, the worst aspects of the. Eh, you know, it's it's like that, like the like the SJW far left and like the centrist have kind of of con- you know come together. It's like the identity left, really. Yeah, I would almost yeah. call it. You know, and they just you know they say like, well, the justice system is is wrong, so let's replicate everything about it and do even worse by having no evidence and no due process. And you know, it's it's like I've done that. We've talked about that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if I have one. I, I, you know, I said we should bring back unpopular opinions, and now I, I don't know if I have one. Yeah, it's all your fault, you fucking asshole. You. So you're like, oh, let's bring that... back. The... Okay, so they, somebody <laughs> tweeted out a picture front and back of like a. You punk. like Creed now? That's your unpopular. No, I, I still <laughs> don't. Um, and I don't. You know what? I'm out. I, I got to take a pass this time because my I'm yeah, fucking drunk. Fine. I've been listening to yacht rock all day, and uh, that's is it. that your unpopular opinion that yacht rock's <laughs> not that bad? No, Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan and fucking Mike McDonald and Kenny Jimmy Loggins Buffett and Paul and Oates and somehow you know fucking like Ambro- Ambrosia, Ambrosia. It's, oh, yeah, it's right. you never make fun of me again. For, for my musical taste, you motherfucker. I used to like it ironically, and then because that fucking web series called Yacht Rock from the 2000s, I started to like it for real. I'll still uh, never like Billy Joel for real because he fucking sucks shit. All right, uh, listen, listen. I'm unrelated to this, you. you know who trolls me? The guy that sang My Sharona. <laughs> that fucker's trolling life. me all the time and i just can't engage because i just i'm gonna rip him up and i just I is, he a, is he a right winger or a centrist oh he's a centrist <laughs> oh god so the guy that sung my sharona is what giving you shit again? like how much of a patricia arquette copycat is that <laughs> yeah i mean it, oh my god it, the singer from the knack it's easy fodder but he's like all over the place and i'm just gonna end up blocking him i don't really want to go there so i just let him post his shitty opinion <laughs> Why is he coming after you? He just doesn't get that it's ironic, or he just doesn't like the irony. Well, he's a sentry. He's annoyed by. He thinks I should be making jokes about I don't know Republicans, like everyone else on fucking TV and Twitter, and then everywhere else. like that market's not fucking cornered enough by you know. Well, exactly. I mean, everybody. if it wasn't, I would be attacking Republicans all the time. But there's literally no need to. I don't know where that's no, coming listen. from. Can you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, that fucker might sue us. You should probably cut that off because that guy might end up hey, listening to Hey, creative, creative Commons. It's, it's, it's the that's song not what while you think we're it talking is. over Creative it. Commons is not what you think it is. I promise you. 20 seconds. <laughs> that's also a myth. That's it's hey, not a real thing. If we're talking shit about it, we're allowed to play it. <laughs> don't sue us, uh, asshole, fuck. from the neck. No, please do. That would get us so many more listeners. <laughs> His name is Bert hey. something. That tells you enough. Bert yeah. something. What kind of land? Let's name is something. <laughs> uh, oh, we're off the rails. <laughs> um, Let's take a shot. But but yeah, no, no, this was fun though. We should we should do this again. Anthony, I um, 
I I don't envy you for the editing work you may have to do to clip out all the echoes. I'm going to be editing this for fucking tw- 13 yeah. hours, probably. I mean, if it's all on one isolated track, it may not be a problem, but uh, audience, bear with us. Anthony's I'm going to have to edit up some magic. Um, um, you know, I, I want to wrap up, but um, I want to thank uh, Peter for coming on because this was this was great. Uh, we're definitely going to have you on again in the future. We'll try to work out the uh, technical issues beforehand next time. <laughs> yeah, that's on my end, probably. Uh, it's, it's, we'll figure it out. No big deal. Um, and uh, do you what, do you have like a hyperlink for your your GoFundMe? Is there like a, a shortened link? Yeah. So I just I actually looked a second ago because I was curious if you could just search for douche. So if you go to GoFundMe, <laughs> I'm constantly searching for douche. Right. And I encourage you to support all the campaigns because it, it brings up a page full of, okay, so my book is, yeah, my book, my book is an inconvenient douche. It'll be the first one that shows up if you search goosh, douche on GoFundMe.com. Second is Claudia's landlord is a douche fund. Third is my baby daddy is a douchebag. I don't know how many people are going to support this, but it's Marines against douchebag. Douche spotter, <laughs> douche spotter, douche canoe, sunshine fund, change serves names, so douchebag. I want money because I'm a loser. <laughs> Nivea douche gel two in one something. I don't know. Donate a dollar to all of those campaigns. I think they're all worthy. <laughs> I mean, it all the money comes back to you somehow, one way or the other. I'm really I'm really uh, curious about the Marines against douches because that seems awfully redundant to me. But well, their um, goal is a thousand bucks, and they've raised twenty bucks, so they're doing well. Five months <laughs> oh, in, yeah, yeah. Mer- uh, do what was the douche spotting one? Douche spot, douche spotter. Douche That's a good question. Spotter. I'm going to click the link okay. here. I actually got it up. I could qualify every time I watch Fox News. Well, thank you for listening to our uh, socialist douche cast tonight. Right, it's uh, been really illuminating. <laughs> um go support that well what uh did so yeah they'll just search douche and yeah so so just so everybody it. knows um guarantee the book is going to be shipped out in august hopefully sooner but i'm, I'm going to get it in by the end of the month and get a proof back and sometime in august they'll be shipped out to folks so, so you, can i get a signed galley copy <laughs> yeah absolutely Awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pledge on GoFundMe, but I want a special uh, inscription about how I'm I'm serving serving the uh, the agenda of Putin and the Kremlin with this podcast in my book. Excellent. I I support that 100. percent And okay. to be a complete hypocrite, eventually I'm gonna sell this thing on Amazon. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's the only way you can fucking distribute books now. Unfortunately, yeah. The, the GoFundMe is gonna be a copy through Lulu, and I'm gonna keep the Lulu link open so people can get them from them as well. So, right, but you know, I can't get distribution. Mass distribution is only going to come through Amazon. So, yeah, and no fucking book publisher is going to touch this because you know any any asshole, uh, you know, in the Democratic Party gets wind of it, they would shut it down immediately. I'm sure. Yeah, I actually, I Peter Dallin blocked me long enough for me to post a link under one of his tweets. So, did he share it? Did he share it? I heard he shared something about you. He didn't share it, but uh, he commented. Under uh, Nomiki made a comment on something that had my my book thing posted, and uh, he said something. She said something like, uh, "You should get Peter Dow to to write the quote on the jacket 
<laughs> and he said, oh, that'd be hilarious. And then he blocked me. <laughs> so, so there you go. You should put that co- that whole Twitter exchange on the you jacket. You should just put a screenshot of that. Put a screen- <laughs> on still the time, maybe. back of the book. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's great. I love that. Anyway, thanks guys. Well, I appreciate I, it. I gotta, yeah, I gotta say, I, I've been a big fan of uh, your comedy for a long time. It fucking always hits home better than just about damn anybody. So keep up the good work, man. Comrade, yeah, appreciate it, man. Too. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, and you got a shout out on Jimmy Dore's uh, live show. I was listening to his uh, the podcast today where he had his like Chicago live show, and they re- read out one of your tweets about. Uh, I think it was like a poll you did about like the uh, uh, the how the percentage with which the uh, Democratic Party or what are the chances that the Democratic Party will resist the nominee of Kavanaugh? And it was like zero percent or zero point zero percent. I think is that the one he posted? Us. Yeah, he told me about it. And I wasn't sure what he what he what he posted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he read it out during the live show. Yeah, the results were something like eighty percent for zero point zero over zero. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. It was fun. We'll do it again. Um, if you like the show, you can uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, move left. We're also going to be doing a t-shirt soon, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys informed on that. But uh, in the meantime... Tweet me uh, if you have any ideas for like things that we've said on the show or maybe just things that we've kind of themes we've talked about on the show because I'm looking for kind of like slogans for the front of it. Uh, you could tweet me at move underscore left um, or you could tweet comrade at uh, chaos riot 1999. Or I, I, I have a suggestion for the front of the T-shirt uh, and MTV might sue us, but uh, how about just I want to dip my balls in it. Move left, idiots. Move left, idiots. You're in the way, and I want to dip my balls in it. No, you remember the state, the character from the state that yeah, like yeah. his catchphrase, I like dip just my balls got everyone in it. so. Say the phrase, Leo, or Leo, something like that. He's like, oh, you, you know what reference. I'm gonna, say. you know what I'm gonna say. No, we don't say the phrase. He's like, no, you don't want to hear it. Say the phrase. He's like, all right, all right, guys. Oh, I want to dip my balls in it. And that was just, that, that was it. Anyway, you can clip this I, I out if t- it doesn't work with <laughs> the end of the show. But I, th- I think I'm too young to get this reference. I don't know. I, I'm with the comrade. I remember it. Yeah, right on. The state and kids in the hall uh, were like twins as far as some of the best sketch comedy in the early 90s. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, do all that. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, comrade is at chaos riot 1999 you said that already but that's all right well i'm doing the outro <laughs> for a Fuck second fucker. time are you just trying to re-record the whole thing this is such like a trade wreck of a podcast it's all right it'll be fun people people enjoy this i love the echo effect because it's like an alien where it's like five five five, five four, four, four four three 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 i'm like two, bono two, guys tonight i'm like bono i just i just love hearing myself with massive amounts of reverb because it makes my singing sound not shitty right when, uh, uh uh peter what's your uh twitter handle uh silly rabbit s-i-l-e rabbit yep and uh join us next week for move left idiots that's what a fool believes kenny
there's insanity in the control room tonight.